Welcome to Jackalopes Explore. I'm Floyd Whiting. I'm Madison Danforth. I'm Steve Sisson. And I'm Aaron Linden. And we're your Jackalopes. Now, do you remember when everyone was worried about asteroids hitting the Earth? You oh, guys yeah. remember this time period? We still are. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't there's, think it hasn't. Well, see, there's a lot of people who are concerned about that, but there was a time period when, like, 2012, the movie came yes. out. Oh, yeah. Yes. The Armageddon. thing and all that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if I told you that asteroids were actually the better selection <laughs> for the things that could collide with Earth? They, they're, they're the high point. Um, so in this episode, we're going to explore cataclysmic events that could take place on Earth. And the one that I was assigned were gamma ray bursts. And these things are absolutely terrifying. Now, it's kind of long, but... Gamma ray bursts are the strongest and the brightest explosions in the entire universe. And they're thought to be generated during the formation of black holes. There are two types of gamma ray bursts. Both Sh bad. Both very, <laughs> both very, very bad, yes. Gamma ray bursts bad. They are short and long. Long GRBs only last about a minute. And astrophysicists believe that they're actually produced by a dying star or mm -hmm. a supernova. And I think everyone's pretty mm -hmm. familiar with what a supernova is. Uh, short GRBs are believed to be the result of the collision of two neutron stars, and they last less than a second. Now, both of these events do produce black holes. It's when these black holes, basically within their uh, orbit, their rotation, they wind up magnetic fields and hot gas. And the gas eventually produces two very tight, condensed light beams, two very tight, condensed explosions. They're jets of gamma rays, uh, like a laser gun in space. These things shoot very, very straight. Most explosions in space dissipate. The bad thing about gamma rays, they don't. They stay straight on course, and they don't really dissipate very quickly. Uh, though they last mere seconds, gamma ray bursts produce as much energy as the sun will emit during its entire 10 billion year experience. <laughs> wow. That entire lifespan, 10 billion years, does not produce as much energy as this millisecond explosion. That's incredible. You don't want to be near that. <laughs> Nowhere near that. <clears throat> no. You don't even want to be in the same galaxy. These things make Star Wars Starkiller base look like a water gun. <laughs> I mean, they're amazing. They were first seen in 1967 by U.S. Air Force spy satellite. Ooh. It wasn't a scientist that discovered these. It was spies. And they were actually looking for gamma rays that would be produced by a Soviet nuclear test in outer space. You guys remember John F. Kennedy mm -hmm. actually came before the world and said, we're not going to do space nukes guys let's mm -hmm. all agree not right. to do that so we put a satellite in space just to double check that we never found any tests being done but we did discover gamma ray bursts here's the thing that gets you so this thing was in another galaxy six uh let me let me see i think it was six billion light years away 
Now imagine six billion light years away. That's pretty far. Mm -hmm. That's a ways. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> this little tiny satellite that was meant to go undetectable picked that up because it released so much energy. Because they're so high energy, um, they're actually ionizing radiation. Okay, that's what mm -hmm. a gamma ray is. Yep. Now you say, what's ionizing radiation? That means that these particles, gamma ray particles, are powerful enough to actually break apart atomic bonds. Uh, this also means that they're extremely deadly to any life that they come in contact with because they can break apart your DNA chain. So if you're standing there and a gamma ray just passes you by, it's essentially going to turn you to goo because it just breaks <laughs> Isn't down. Isn't that what happened to the Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, yes. and that's the thing yeah. is they talk about how that's gamma rays. Right. In truth, it would have just turned him into a big old pile of goo. Green goo. Green just, goo, yeah. It, actually, it would probably look more like a burn by the time it was done with him. The Earth's ozone layer actually blocks gamma rays from our own sun um, because we're being bombarded with them all the time but the atmosphere keeps them out but uh, once we knew that we were that they were there because the satellite detected them so we knew where they were but we didn't really have enough information to study them and this satellite was the only thing that could really pick them up so we started looking for them and we thought well these things have got to be pretty rare 30 years later, we finally learned their source. Uh, a gamma ray burst was finally seen in another galaxy 6 billion light years away. <laughs> now, um, again, you got to think about it. It released more energy in a single second than our sun in its entire 10 billion year lifespan. A mere second. They are the brightest events in the entire universe. And our universe, unfortunately, is full of these. So, on average, how many do you think we see? Ooh. Let's go around the table. On average, how many gamma ray bursts do we detect? Like you said, like how many per year? How many per uh, decade? Let's, let's go per year. Okay. I'm going to say we see 50 per year. 50 per year? Yeah. Okay. Madison? I'm going with 45. 45 Ooh, per year. One dollar. Like, that's like that's hurtful. Right. That's, that's right. Hurtful. That's me. Aaron? I'm going 1,200. Oh. 1,200. Oh, I'm really going high. I'm going for the yeah. you're, right. go, you're not going to get on the game show. Yeah. <laughs> on average, we see one a day. Woo. So 365 a year. Wow. a year on average. Now you got to say on average because we might go two or three days right. without seeing one, and we might go one day where we see four. <laughs> How wow. terrifying is That's that? That's a busy day. These things are galaxy killers. Yeah. These things wipe out life. Now, so far, we've only seen these things outside of the Milky Way. Um, but if one should go off just a few light years away from us, so let's just say that one of the stars pops uh, or pretty close, right? That's out there in our own Milky Way galaxy. If that ray were to pass light years away from us, let's say four or five light years away, which is a great distance, it would cook the entire atmosphere away, burn every living thing on that side of the planet 
and then the gamma rays from the sun would finish the job because the ozone the atmosphere that we have is the only thing protecting us yeah. from her from souls gamma rays so it doesn't have to hit us to eliminate all life on the planet this is a feel-good show. Oh, this, it's terrible. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Five light years away, dead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> if it passes close enough, uh, the gamma rays would finish the job from the sun. It would wipe out all life. And it is actually theorized this has already happened. This has already happened to Earth. They theorize. A theory suggests that a mass extinction event uh, that eliminated approximately 85% of all marine species on Earth 450 million years ago could have been from a gamma ray burst just mm. passing by. Wow. Now think about that. That's, that's not just surface. Deep sea stuff was the only stuff to survive this event. Other than that, it eliminated everything in the oceans, in the lakes, everywhere. So if it happens, we should lie down, put a bag over our head. It's, yep, yeah. it's yeah. hide under yeah. your desk. Yeah. <laughs> now, the doorway. But, but the alien bases in the Marianas Trench under the ocean, they were going to make yeah. it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fine. Yeah. Well, they probably were here for the first one. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, speaking of aliens, it's actually a theory as to why this is the reason we haven't seen life anywhere else in the universe because on average a galaxy suffers from one of these every thousand years wow so that being said if each galaxy has basically a black hole burp once every thousand years <laughs> mm -hmm. it could eliminate life before it has the chance yeah. to get off the ground yeah. so to speak mm -hmm. it can't become a space-faring species because they're wiped out by a gamma ray burst so that may be why we're not seeing life right it was there and now it's gone <laughs> because there isn't any exactly right. or any that uh has the ability to actually you know send out a message so the universe has like a uh, trigger happy reset button <laughs> literally right. yeah. I don't quite like you literally. yeah <laughs> yeah and and it just really fascinates me the first time i ever heard about these things i thought you know well what would happen if one if we were right in the beeline of, of one of these things we'd never know hmm. they travel no. they travel just under the speed of light so we would see maybe maybe a flash hmm. But then it would pass by and cook everything so quickly, you'd never know it was even here. You just would be dust. You see the flash and be like, Steve, do you smell hot dogs? <laughs> gone. <I'm> gone. <laughs> hot hair. And hot dogs are erased from existence forever. Yes. Ever. No Every, one ever knew yeah. they existed. <gasps> Done. And yeah. no that one would had ever known. That would be such a sad world. I love hot dogs. I love hot dogs. <laughs> There'd be no one around to eat them. I best. know. <laughs> this kind of makes me think of like the guy playing the role-playing or whatever video game, and he gets upset, frustrated, hits the reset button. Hits the reset button. Just doing it over right. again. Nuke them all. Yep. This is Flipping the, the table on the Monopoly board. Oh, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jeez. Your dad's a gamma ray burst. Oh, yeah. He's a Monopoly man. <laughs> it's just could you imagine being the individual sitting there who's like you know i didn't detect any nuclear explosions but i've got something more horrifying That's if you right. guys want to hear about excuse me yeah. <laughs> we don't need to worry about the nukes guys <laughs> and and another thing is it's it's one of those situations uh where it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that they're out there because there's nothing 
No. Anyone. Yeah. Anywhere can do about these things. Yeah, you, you don't have gamma ray shelters <laughs> around the city. <laughs> and what that are you might be do? a good money-making venture yeah, for the... Uh, right. Hmm, I'm going to make a note of that. If you were a governing body and, you know, one of your astrophysicists was like, it's on its way here, Aaron. We're done. Right. You'd be like, cool. Well, you want to play cards? I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, not well, saying I'm gonna, anything. I'm going to go outside and look at it. I <laughs> yeah. Guess, cause you what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the last one you ever have. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. Wow. <laughs> but at the same time, it's one of those things that has always existed with us. It existed before us. You know? Right. And, and it's just a law of the universe. And maybe it is. The universe's way of saying and start over. <laughs> you guys wow. made it so far this time. Poof. Good Level job. Five. Put everyone back to the starting line again. Yeah. Level All five. right, Aaron. What do you got? Well, I was intrigued with EMPs, right? And EMP, for those that don't know, electromagnetic pulse. It's a burst of electromagnetic radiation, kind of like the gamma rays, mm -hmm. um, that can disrupt damage electric equipment so mm -hmm. emps are really frightening because they can actually come from a variety of sources they can either be generated man-made if if they were to send let's say a high altitude nuclear bomb and explode it it would cause an emp uh it can also be caused by lightning mm -hmm. oh, and wow. solar storms so like a cme a coronal mass ejection from the sun those things go off Excuse me, that, those things pop off all the time. We just happen to not be in the line of them. Yeah. But like you're saying, if if a gamma ray burst was headed towards us, same thing from a CME. And that comes from our own sun, so that can be very dangerous. Probably Most, a lot more probable than gamma rays. A lot more probable. Yeah. There was one that they said would have had massive effects on us that basically missed us by like, just a percentage of a rotation of the sun. Wow. It popped off this way instead of this way, Yeah, essentially. Um, most powerful CME ever recorded was in 1859, and you all know mm -hmm. what that was, the Carrington effect, It was right? big if they had to name it. They, yeah, yeah, they named it. And imagine, I mean, that was 1859. They basically had telegraphs. I was going to say, They didn't yeah, they have didn't a lot have of electronics. It was so powerful that not only did it fry a bunch of telegraph lines all over the place it actually caught some of them on fire <laughs> wow. and burned buildings down could you imagine just standing out there in the street and all of a sudden the power lines just caught fire yeah and the thing about it is it's it's electromagnetic energy so you don't see it feel it nope. hear it it's just there it just suddenly bursts into flames yeah but the scariest thing about this is in the society in which we live today nothing gets done <laughs> right yeah. your phone's fried your car doesn't work you don't have electricity. You can't go to a stuff mart and buy anything because it's all barcoded. You can't pump gas. You can't anything. Yeah, you can't do cash transactions or anything like it that. It would knock mm -hmm. us back to the, the Stone purge. Age. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Aaron, when when these things hit an electronic device, does that device eventually reboot, or is it just cooked? It's done. If it's on, it fries. So, like, wow, if so your car is not running chances are and they've actually started putting some almost like a faraday cage in most vehicles nowadays so if if an emp were to happen chances are your car might be okay okay but like my motorcycle 
perfect. Doesn't have a computer in it. Yep. Carburetor. So that would run. Right. I just can't get gas for it without <laughs> right. siphoning somebody. <laughs> but it's if it's on, you're in trouble. One of the best Faraday cages that you can get relatively cheaply is a metal garbage can. With really? a lid. With a lid. Yep. Or wow. f- by flipping it over. But yeah. generally, yeah, you want a lid on it. But that's one of the one of the best ones out there, actually. Um <laughs> Some of the other things that kind of cause potential EMPs, nuclear weapons, we covered that at a high mm-hmm. uh, altitude, non-nuclear EMP weapons, so they're less powerful than a nuclear EMP, but they're also known as radio radio frequency weapons or directed energy weapons, so uh, almost more of an EMP like a laser gun, more targeted at a certain transformer or building or something along those lines. So it wouldn't have the mass effect that a CME or a high altitude nuke would, but still disruptive. Solar storms, again, the coronal mass ejections. Um, And then the other one was... The GoldenEye satellite from James Bond. GoldenEye satellite (laughs) is super scary. You never know. They might have something like that. I well, mean, yeah. Well, it, chances probably. I mean, that was are. 1995. So, yeah. and then one that we don't necessarily often consider as an actual EMP, but a cyber attack, cyber weapons that could fry power grids, take out, you know, uh, water mm-hmm. purification plants, things yeah. like that. So, Public works. So kind of scary. But the Carrington, yes, was yeah. big enough that. It needed a name, and thank God we haven't seen one like that since. So for those who don't know, including myself, the Carrington event. Yeah, I don't know. So <clears throat> powerful solar storm occurred in 1859, was one of the most powerful geomagnetic storms on record. Storm was named after a British astronomer, Richard Carrington, makes sense, who observed the major solar flare on September 1st of 1859, followed by the coronal mass ejection, the CME, that struck the Earth's magnetosphere just 17 hours later wow so again frightening hey floyd i just saw this thing what do you want to do <laughs> but it, you can't yeah. right yeah. i mean that last game at, of at least at least you could you know <laughs> get some stuff in a faraday but quite honestly if it doesn't fry my phone it's fried the cell towers right. because yeah. Yeah. we are absolutely not protected against this um well the character effect was not an EMP event. It was caused by the CME. Um, It's often cited as the historical example of the potential impact of the larger scale solar storms on modern technology and infrastructure. And in this, in studying this, we're about 10% shielded from an event like this. 90% of our infrastructure has no shielding whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So we would be in deep, deep doo-doo. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, especially <laughs> since it can be man-made. Things like that can be man-made. Like, yeah, high about, yeah, yeah. You're talking about those guns too. I imagine, you know. Look, I'm, I'm the type of guy that if I was in charge, I would have EMP guns. Mm-hmm. I, I would look at my scientists and say, let's start developing these. Whether it's got to be in a rail cannon form or whatever you want to do, I want that on a ship. I want that in a plane. I want that to be able to 
I want to be able to drop one somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about that is that it, it, you kind of do it and then society takes care of the rest. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt anybody directly, but then the chaos afterwards would just be self-fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. It, it would absolutely. take care of everything. vicious cycle. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it would be pretty chaotic, pretty horrible because we take so many things for granted in this day and age. Wake up in the morning, you check your phone, uh, you know, you're listening to your YouTube or whatever. on the You're watching the Jackalopes podcast. You're watching Jackalopes podcast. <laughs> As <But> you should be. <laughs> then imagine, <Eating> the hot <laughs> dog. <laughs> imagine everything just stops, <clears throat> right? Everything. Imagine Sheridan just stops. What would happen? The whole place yeah. goes dark. Well, the thing that's interesting is in modern society, how few people actually have basic survival skills. Yeah. I am one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> no way. Yeah, the stuff that would like humanity needed at one point to get to where we are now we're so far removed from that yeah that if we were to be put back into that situation we wouldn't make it it'd be a very small percentage mm-hmm. of people yeah. you know that if, if there was it. an event that just removed any kind of electronic uh, uh communication at all how's washington gonna disseminate inf- uh, you know information yeah. orders right or yeah. anything like that yeah and so i would like to think i would like to believe that the U.S. military, at least, maybe even the government, has something in place that if something like this happened, you know, hey, you're the adjutant general of the Wyoming Army National Guard. If you can't reach the Pentagon, you're in charge. Right. right yeah, you're right. the one in charge. You you go straight to the governor and say, face to face, what do you want me to do? And we'll get it done. Uh, and so there is, you know, I imagine contingency because here I am. I'm just an idiot sitting, you know sitting here talking about this i imagine there's been some people who really put some thought into yeah. this kind of plan i would imagine hope. Yeah, <laughs> I, would right hope. I would imagine that they all go to cheyenne mountain of course because <laughs> yeah they're gonna right be safe the yeah. and then we take care of ourselves right you know, whatever happens happens and i love those scenarios that everyone tells you especially around here you know they look at you and they they say things like well i'm gonna go up into the mountains i don't have to worry about that but you and <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, else yeah, right yeah. exactly like that's gonna be a pretty crowded place yes. after a while uh, <laughs> yeah there's not gonna be many as many deer and elk <laughs> no. and stuff that you think that there's gonna be a lot more people i'm yeah. not one that would be like i'm going to the mountains <laughs> yeah. like i'm staying home madison digging a ditch in the backyard yes. <laughs> <laughs> making a moat yeah. i would actually i would go steal some cows and raise them as pets see and that there you be, go there it presents that's a challenge one, yep. that's yeah. the because you got to get those cows from a rancher he I would just, like to keep those i won them with love, <laughs> love me all right more. steve what do you got brother so uh, kind of tying into what you were talking about with the colonel mass ejections um of course, solar wind just disrupts oh, things sure. on a regular basis. I mean, that's just a constant thing. Uh, but our atmosphere protects us from a lot of it. But once in a while, you get the big ones. And uh, there was a blackout in Canada in 1989 that was just a lesser version of the Carrington. Um, but it affected, like, it, it created an electrical current through most of North America in the ground. And it just happened to find a weak spot in Canada. But there were a lot of other power grids around in North America that had issues. We just had enough reserve power to survive it but wow. you know those kind of things we just kind of get lucky we we've we've had a few blackouts that have been kind of large ones and we recover from them but we know that that grid is really 
susceptible to all kinds of different things. And it's just a domino effect once it starts yeah. to happen. Um, something I think is more interesting than the stuff that's not going to end the world you can't do anything about is um, stuff like BitFlip, where we just have like particles like protons that are shooting into the atmosphere all the time. Mm -hmm. And eventually, once in a while, one of them finds a computer chip and hits it and flips a zero to a one. And then weird stuff happens. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. Um, well, there was <laughs> there was a, a gamer, a speedrunner, playing Super Mario one time, and all of a sudden Mario just levitates up. Now, it could be a glitch in the program, but it's a glitch that would take so many things lining up in exactly the right way to happen that they couldn't duplicate it. They think that it was a bit flip, a proton or some electrically charged particle hitting a chip in the game console. And causing a weird, you know, the the bit that keeps track of Mario's position in the game changed, and he all of a sudden teleported somewhere else. That's amazing. And there are That's a lot crazy. of other examples of stuff like that. There was an election in Belgium in 2003, I think it was. And this is one that, like, caught my attention because the guy got more votes than it should be possible to get. And the recount showed that he had received 4,096 more votes the first time than on the recount. And that number immediately got my attention because 4,096 in computer terms is significant. It's, a, it's divisible by eight. There's always eight bit uh, words and things in computers. Mm -hmm. And so the Commodore Amiga had 4,096 possible colors. So wow. it's, so 4,096 is not just a random number. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know there's, there's bits, there's bytes, there's megabytes, kilobytes, gigabytes terabytes. terabytes and so all of those are 1024 it's not a thousand it's 1024 multiplying each time and so 4096 is divisible by 1024 and so they think a bit got flipped in the machine counting those votes and added 4096 it was the bit furthest enough wow. along where it was that position in the <clears throat> binary number that is incredible. So I got a question. I, I've never heard about this, and and it's really fascinating me now because I know that there's particles, you know, like we were talking about, in our atmosphere all the time. We can't see them. They're everywhere. Just mm -hmm. the fact that we have light shows that protons are present at all times. Now, do they have an estimation as to the possibility of this bit flip happening? Like, on average, they say... It happens X amount of times a day. I don't think they, the, the hard thing is they can't with 100% certainty say that that's what it was. It could also just be a bug in the program mm -hmm. um, because, you know, programs are buggy. Yeah. But the chances, like all the possibilities, like was it a bug in the program or is it more likely that it was a bit flip? And all those possibilities in that, in that particular circumstance, it's more likely it was a bit flip. So how often does it happen? I don't know. There was a guy that was um, registering domain names. You know, like if you mistype like Google and goggle instead of Google, someone's mm -hmm. probably registered that as something. Um, but you can, instead of like mistyping on a keyboard, have an adjacent letter that would be a binary flip where, you know, 101100, whatever it is for like the letter C, if you flip just one of the ones to a zero, it becomes another letter. Somebody was registering domain names that were similar to actual big names with a binary bit flip like that. So it wasn't something that you would likely mistype on the keyboard because the keys aren't adjacent to each other, or it wasn't something that you would commonly mistake. No fat fingering here. Yeah, yeah, but it would be something that if it was a bit flip would be likely to happen. And he started getting hits on those domains. Now, again, is that a bit flip or is it just the bots out there hitting all the possible right, going for every possibility yeah. yeah so it could be either one but again the most likely explanation is possibly that it's a bit flip so 
often enough where that happens, I guess. That is incredible. Yeah. A couple more examples. Uh, there was a uh, 2008 a Qantas uh, airline that oh. suddenly did a nosedive. <gasps> I was just going to ask how many planes can this <laughs> take down? Right? Wow. No, I'm getting on a plane Friday. <laughs> well, now here's the thing: no. like, like satellites and stuff like that are more susceptible to it because of the atmosphere right. isn't isn't there to protect you. So the higher you are in the atmosphere, the more likely it is to happen. And there have been a few airline instances where they think. Yes, the computer controlling the or keeping track of the plane's attitude got some bad information, thought it was in a steep climb, and pitched the nose down. And it was a pretty sharp nose down. People got injured on that flight. Wow. wow. There was one where a pilot was flying into Amsterdam, and all of a sudden her heart starts doing some weird stuff. Her pacemaker had reverted back to default mode. And it was like doing like these in these intense pulses, which is like the default mode, like letting you know that something has gone wrong with it as she's coming in to land. So, oh my yeah. goodness, that <laughs> wow. poor woman! <laughs> yeah. And they think it was a bit flip on her pacemaker. It just happened to hit the chip in there that stored the program. And oh my God. see, I learned something today. That's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Now I'm going to blame blame that for every right, fat right. finger I do. Why did that newscast not get done, Floyd? I bit flip, bit flip. flip. Yeah. It's I, it was there. <laughs> This it was there. It was 1,024 <laughs> seconds long. The bit flip flipped. Unbit <laughs> flipped. So that's the kind of chaos that stuff you know happens on a regular basis. Like that happens without there being a massive, you know, world changing event. It still has these effects, though, like elections and things like that. I mean, if you can, and that's one proton. Right. Can you imagine yeah. if a CME full? of electrically charged protons <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> came directly at us or oh man if, if if we could somehow develop a weapon mm-hmm. to shoot protons Good you'd never Lord. be able to see them you yeah. wouldn't know they were there and you could just shoot them into a crowd or shoot them into wherever you wanted to yeah. affect the electronic devices there and just go haywire and the more miniaturization you see the more susceptible they probably become because everything's more tightly packed together mm-hmm. the components themselves are becoming smaller where a single particle would hit like a chip yeah, could do more damage yeah. yeah and and it was like a, a particle hitting a football field back in the day <laughs> right yeah. now it's like a bowling ball running into a computer screen yeah so we will probably see more of that as things continue to get smaller that's amazing and uh, satellites uh, you know spacecraft are going to see more of that is there any way to protect against it like a faraday cage does that the, do anything? I think the, what they actually are coming up with is software smart enough to recognize the possible events of that. Like talking about self-driving oh. cars. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a self-driving car oh no. my you know, freaking out because it didn't detect a person in front of you or something like that? Um, so they're looking at like, here's the possible misinformation that it could get. And then it can recognize that and not act on it. Wow. But then again, that requires the programming to be smart enough to right. you know, handle that kind of stuff. And I don't know if we're really there. Yet another argument against flying cars. <laughs> I'm sorry, but flying cars yeah. are the dumbest idea. I, mean, I see how people drive on the ground. <laughs> right. I don't. I always need... wondered though, flying cars. So the Jetsons and they'd get like in rush hour traffic. I'm like, fly lower. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You know, Back to the Future Part Two. When when he's on the, the I don't know the highway. Yeah. yeah using their blinkers. Yeah. Everyone's in in line. And it's like. It's, I think you'd have to have lanes though. It couldn't just be a free for all. Could be chaos. Be, no, because then people insane. coming up from underneath. Yeah. And, so yeah. all you're doing is taking the same problem and moving it to where if you have a real problem, you come crashing down <laughs> into someone's well. house, yeah. a school, <laughs> maybe an orphanage. Yeah, something horrible. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, there's really no advantage to flying vehicles. There there isn't. Yeah. You're just taking the same problem and moving it higher in the sky. They're called planes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
and that has to be very tightly controlled and regulated yeah. and absolutely and you, you can't be... just have some guy that on a spur of a moment get there and fly around yeah and getting a pilot's license thank god is a lot harder than getting a driver's <laughs> yeah, license this is not helping you. <laughs> you'll be prepared if it happens you'll know why it happened i'm getting on one on saturday but i'm sure the friday one is probably the that's, that's the yeah, one that's that, that, yeah, yeah, fridays, it seems to happen more often on fridays everything's fine it's on friday the right. 13th is it <laughs> now uh madison you had the last one and I this is did. the one that uh, a lot of people here in wyoming yeah. and those especially living close to yellowstone are probably most concerned with yes madison what do you got i have super volcanoes yes. what one may ask what is a super volcano well i can tell you it is a volcano that had an eruption with a volcanic explosivity index of eight the largest recorded value on the index this means the volume uh, that it deposits for such an eruption is greater than 1000 cubic kilometers or 240 cubic miles that's a boatload wow that's yeah, yeah. And so supervolcanoes occur when magma in the mantle rises into the crust, but is unable to break through it. And the pressure builds in a, lar in a large and growing magma pool until the crust is unable to contain the pressure and ruptures. This can occur at hot spots, for example, Yellowstone. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> or at uh, subduction zones. And there's lots of... Isn't Yellowstone like one of the biggest ones on the planet? It's like on the planet. number one. I, I actually yeah. think it is the number one largest volcano mm -hmm. on the face of the earth. Well, and then I was reading this article. It's called When a Sleeping Giant Awakes. And it's talking about the Yellowstone uh, volcano. And I got to find it. The ground above Yellowstone supervolcano sits on a hot spot made of molten and sem semi-molten rock called magma. As magma feeds into the magma chamber, a reservoir... Uh, situated about six to ten kilometers, four to six miles beneath the park, the ground swells. When the magma begins to solidify and cool, the ground falls. And uh, people have been measuring this since 1923. And they say that the ground rose about 25 centimeters between 2004 and 2009. But then in 2010, it began to subside. So, so it's in a cooling phase. So, so it's like when you like take the first lunge at it, then you back up, and then yeah. you really go yeah. forth. Right. Yeah, so the period of slow, steady rise has many scientists wondering whether Yellowstone might erupt in the near future. And people are just kind of like... <laughs> so and and, and we're, only, we're only like 256,000 years past due for that mm -hmm. to happen, I yeah. think. Yeah, so... Yeah, it, the it, thing that bothers me about this one compared to the others is this one we can see coming. Yeah, mm -hmm. the other right. ones like it's going to happen so quickly. There's nothing you can do about it. This one so we're going to have yeah. warning on this. Madison, did the article talk any about distance, like minimum safe distance? <laughs> I, I can guarantee we're not in. I live around Buffalo, so I would. Uh, I would imagine that even those of us here. If this super volcano were to pop, I think we're far enough away. Or man, I don't out. know. Yeah, I don't know. I think, no, I don't think, I think so. we're riding the line because I was reading. Uh, this was talking about uh, Mount St. Helens eruption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I how was like yeah. people got the all the stuff here. Like yeah. obviously we didn't get. Yeah, like there was the ash. Magman, yeah. but there was my ash father, stuff my here. father said there was ash falling yeah. in Afton, Wyoming. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so scientists say that the last Yellowstone eruption was a thousand times greater than the notorious 1980 Mount St. Helens eruption that killed 56 people and thousands of animals. A thousand times? Yeah, yeah. and I think there were actually some climate ramifications for Mount St. Helens mm -hmm. for a while. Yes. 
Yeah. So but, but, it wouldn't matter if you were within the safe distance or not. Mm-hmm. This is going to change the planet. Mm-hmm. Right. But as of today, it says Yellowstone sleeps. So <laughs> Well, that's good. That, we're, we're in the clear for right now. But it's not dead. It's just sleeping. It's, it's just, just sleeping. sleeping. It's just taking a nap. <laughs> you know, there's, there's certain events that take place within the universe and here on Earth that occur every so often. Um like like we were talking about with the gamma ray bursts, you know, the, each galaxy suffers from one on average about every thousand years or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're living in a golden age, my friends. <laughs> right. You know, seriously, think about it. All these different events that could be taking place, that sleeping volcano, uh, the gamma ray burst may or may not happen. Um, I mean, they're they're quite abundant out there in the universe. And if one were to happen in the Milky Way... Uh, I would hope that it was clear across the galaxy when it did take place, because even if it's just in our neighborhood, boy, we're in some rough shape. But that being said, this day and age, because it's the human condition, you know, we tend to forget really, really quickly. And so these cataclysmic events that have occurred throughout our history, we lose track of. Then they become myth, you know, and legend, and then they just fall off altogether. You know, the the story of the flood and Noah, everyone knows it, but it started as Gilgamesh. And mm-hmm. and when Gilgamesh had to face the world flood, the hero of uh, an empire is like the first empire known to mankind that we know of um, in the Fertile Crescent. That had to come from somewhere. Almost every ancient culture had a story. Mm-hmm. About a flood, it had something had to have happened. Full shift. What that maybe, and and whatever that event was, we've forgotten about it. It's become myth. It's become legend. But the way that we see such a short period of time within our lives, you know, we're only here for eighty years on average, max, and that's if you got a good run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not very long. Even the United States. You know, everyone likes to walk around and, and talk about how big and bad we are. We're not that old. No. You know, we're one of the youngest countries. We're one out of the there. youngest. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. long did Rome stand? How right. long was mm-hmm. Egypt an empire? You know, we're not even in the classroom yet. We're, we're <laughs> right. still way in the back of the hall. Still hallway. in diapers. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. we are. Yep. And so, and, and a lot of people tend to forget that these dynamics change. Everything around us changes. And so it might be sleeping today, but you know, one burp. And and how often do we have scientists that stand up and go, well, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, but that happens a lot, you yeah. know, and, and I, that's not a bash on science. That's just the way the world works. Yeah, well, these things are all educated guesses. They're all based on, you know, your best knowledge. But the that evidence knowledge, that we have. It's limited. It's mm-hmm. very limited. And it's limited by our life experience, which is also limited. So, Well, and I know that you're scared of all of the things on the list here, but the good news is the blast radius 50 miles. So if you're outside of 50 miles of Yellowstone... <laughs> so that's not ground zero. It's not ground zero, yeah. but it's still going to impact probably the oh, entirety yeah. to the east. Sorry, of Jackson. With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Keep your skiing. So here's the, the question, though. Uh, would you rather be at ground zero, see, or would go. you rather be outside? Deal with nuclear winter because right. of all of the ash kicked up into the stratosphere. And ugh. I'll tell you what, man. Starvation is a hell of a thing to see. It, it and it's slow and it's horrible and it makes desperate people. Mm-hmm. And desperate people do horrible things, even just for a bite of food. Now, 
make that a, a, a parent who wants to feed their children. You know, and every parent on the planet is in that situation. And there's right. a lot of people. You know, to our knowledge, this is the most people we've ever had on this planet. And I would, I would probably guess that it it's just the most people we've ever had on this planet. And so, you know, our history tends to show that there are mass extinction events that take place periodically, no matter what those might be. Maybe it's plague. Maybe it's something from space, you know, an asteroid, gamma ray burst, whatever. Uh, but these things happen. Mm -hmm. And so I personally don't want to be around for the after effects. You know, uh, it's something that me and my wife were talking about. Would you really want to survive into a zombie apocalypse? I've no. practiced so much I that I kind of <laughs> do. I just, I just, I would. But the novelty would wear off pretty quickly, yeah, I think. They probably. would not want me. They, they would not. You know, when I was younger, sure. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go be Daryl, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'll be the tough guy. Yeah, but but the fact of the matter is I've gotten old, I've gotten soft, I've gotten pudgy. <laughs> I have grown used to the lifestyle that I have. And they I'm would old. love you as a meal. Oh, man. <laughs> and this is the thing. Have it, boys. I'm, I'm not sticking around. <laughs> I'm not living through that. Why bother? Seriously. And then and then after you survive this massive apocalyptic event, you got to help rebuild society. Duh. Well, yeah, and here's the thing is it's not going to happen in your lifetime. You're not going to see no. the the happy ending. No. It's going to be way after you're gone. So Because first we got to go all the way back to the stone age. Right. We got to relearn all of that. Yeah, how many right. generations then, had to come before you got here and start rebuilding. <laughs> right. I mean, and and even then, you know, uh if we look at some conspiracy theories about Egypt about what was how old is we don't really know so we can literally sit here and speculate that the pyramids the sphinx all of it was just found by survivors for all we know mm -hmm. we don't know that it wasn't mm -hmm. so these these mass uh, extinction events are they're gonna continue whether we want them to or not. So I think space travel is important because human race's only chance of survival is to not have everybody on the planet at the same time. Right. When something like that happens, we've got a handful of people on the space station, but that's not gonna save anybody. No. We need to be on another planet and preferably on another solar system by yeah. the time something like that happens. Could you imagine being on that space station and then all of a sudden you watch a gamma ray burst just <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. you'd be popcorn. like we're done. Houston, you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just look at your buddy and you're like, so you want to open the door? Or, yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what would you do? What, what do you, yeah. you want to just sit here and suffocate slowly? We got no home to go back to, man. It's terrible. Yeah. So, but uh, I uh, I think when we do eventually head to space, when we do eventually start colonizing planets, our legacy is not going to be us. Our legacy is not going to be the soft, pudgy us on that other planet. <laughs> it's going to be robots. That's our legacy. That's what our memory will be going into the universe, not humans, artificial intelligence. We will not be the ones conquering the galaxy. But our offspring, the robots, will. Artificial intelligence will, <laughs> because they can survive on these planets. Mm -hmm. We can't. And they can run without us. They can make all the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. They there can make all the B movies and all that stuff. Yeah. And... Steve, you want the last word on this one? I think it's uh, important to uh, live every day as if the gamma ray burst is coming because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. So have yeah. a good time while, you, while you're while you here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're here I for a short agree. time. So 
make the most of it. You've been watching Jackalopes Explore.